Hi, this is Kenneth Height, and you are watching and or listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Hey everybody, welcome to our latest episode of the Legends of Tabletop podcast. We're going to be talking about Necronomicon tonight, and we've assembled a, a big group of guests here, people that we hung out with, friends, other hosts. So we're going to have everybody introduce themselves before we get started. So we'll start with you, Ash. Go ahead, fire away. Hey, uh, my name is Ash. Uh, I am a Gothic Studies graduate student, and I presented at the last Necronomicon on video games and cosmicism. I'm uh, Brett Miller, and I'm a musician and a guitarist, composer. And uh, I met these guys two years ago at the first Necronomicon that I attended, and I stayed in the same uh, bedroom with these two guys this time. I should just tell you what kind of camaraderie the Necronomicon um, engenders. Right, so I'm, uh, I podcast as Keeper Chad on the Miskatonic University podcast, and uh, woo, and uh, met up with the uh, Legends of Tabletop guys at uh, 2015 when things were just kind of getting rolling, and um, we've been kept in touch and been friends, and um, I was at Necronomicon this year on a couple of gaming panels. The gaming side is kind of kind of my side. Uh, the podcast is about horror gaming in general and Call of Cthulhu. Oh, me. I, I'm Leah Bond and I do stuff for Legends of Tabletop and I interview people and I am just an all-around universal irritant. I am rather nosy and I figure out what are you doing, what are you up to? Tell me what, tell me all about everything that's going on with you if you are a creator of any sort and I am looking forward to this beautiful tome and I am excited to bring you a review of what I have read and the pages contained within uh, this tome of Tales from a Talking Board from Word Horde coming out in October. I am Pete Rollick, author of Reanimators the Weird Company Reanimatrix and Legacy of the Reanimator. What's the other one? Oh, the Peasley Papers and a whole bunch of short stories. Brand new Peasley Papers on yes. the show yes. like two weeks ago. <laughs> I don't even have a copy. And <gasps> yes. Anyway. How does that happen? Well, that happens because we rushed production and we got 20 copies made and it went on up on Amazon when it wasn't supposed to. Um, and we sold the copies, you know, telling people that there were going to be like little typographical errors that we had to fix still. But, and then we, so we took it down from Amazon as soon as we figured that out. But yeah, you, you know, it's, it's going to be done in like a week and hopefully back up online. Sweet. Everybody yeah. can check that out. There's an Amazon affiliate link on the website, so make sure if you're going to order through there, you go to the website and use that, right? Cha-ching! <laughs> please, please do. Every little bit helps. 
Absolutely. So the old so, woman uh, in the sea. Yeah, yeah. Necronomicon was was awesome again. Uh, I don't know if we want to touch on the the bit of the kerfuffle that happened again uh, this oh, yeah. year. Uh, if that's been beat to death now, I don't I don't know if that's something that we want to touch on. Um, We're better people just, than that. Yeah, I, I was only ancillarily aware of what was happening anyway. So it was, uh, you know, things across Facebook no, and, and you can't now do no now now you've now you've titillated your audience. You have to talk about it now. <laughs> I was uh, just I, listening, and you said that, and then didn't go into it. I'd be pissed off. So talk about it. No. Okay. Oh, jeez. Uh, well, we'll we'll pause I, for those for those in the know. I guess people who are 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 part of the uh, Lovecraftian community are are probably more fully aware of of things that were happening uh, more so than I was. So uh, I, I guess we'll pass on that. <laughs> okay. Wouldn't be a Necronomicon without some sort of uh, uh, upheaval, I guess. Right? It seems to be the last couple of years has sort of run that way. Yes. But that does not detract from the event whatsoever. Uh, I don't think not it's at a, all. A, a wonderful event. It's a smaller con, which is great, right? I mean, you see the same people all weekend, and and uh, you know, there's just tons and tons of activities. Uh, unfortunately, it was a Gen Con this weekend, so it kind of pulled a lot of people away. Ken wasn't there, and Scott wasn't there, and you know, we miss a lot of the game guys. Uh, Sandy Peterson John wasn't, wasn't there. there. Yeah. yeah. So, what? Uh, so I, we'll we'll jump right into the front here. Like, what was your guys like favorite part of of just being at Necro this year? So I learned that Leah can really drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> You're just now finding this out. <laughs> we started keeping track this time. Really? Yeah. And oh, wow. we noticed that every time we ordered beers, you ordered a tall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, damn, not only can she drink, she can hold her liquor. And yeah, <laughs> very surprised. Congratulations. <laughs> I guess. Yay. Yeah. But no, um, I think the the I, I don't know about anybody else, but the Thursday night party, the the parking lot party. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Was that big yeah. That was really enjoyable. And, you know, I stayed a lot longer than I should have. I really did some damage to my feet, but it was well worth it. You know, they, I'd like to see a few more food choices and, and some seating. Other than marshmallow flavored ice cream. <laughs> you know, oh, man. Here's, if they do it again like that, I mean, let's do it as a sub event. Let's call it Necro Nom Nom Nomicon. And, <laughs> yeah. and bring the food like trucks it. out, and yes. I'll drop 30 or $40 on good food. I mean, when I got there Wednesday night at 11 o'clock into the airport, we got to our car at midnight, and apparently everything shuts down. So we had to go you know, like on this Harold and Kumar quest for food. And we ended yeah. up at Olneyville, and it's sort of like this place that makes hot dogs Oof. in one of those roller things. And it was kind of scary because we had to be buzzed into the restaurant. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, is there a cage? <laughs> yeah, basically. 
But um, yeah, and uh, like three chili dogs for like seven bucks was not bad. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I I think the the food party, the welcoming food party on Thursday night was pretty cool. Yeah, they they unveiled the new Lovecraft beer for uh, I guess for this quarter or however they released those. So uh, yeah, that was the Temple. Uh, yeah, the Temple. That was good. You don't need food if you oh, have yes. beer. I mean, come on, Pete. Yeah. Um, no, were you there on the last day? Uh, what? Who was it? The that brewery, Narragansett Brewery, came by and gave all these flats of the Temple beer to all the vendors. Yeah, and I, I saw- had to get rid of. You were there. You, you, yeah, you we helped had- me dispose of a six pack. So <laughs> yes, yes, we did. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, Wednesday. Too early, man. Wednesday night, be, be, I came in Wednesday evening, and uh, Vince and I were hanging out with Leah, and uh, Vince went back and crashed, and Leah and I went up at the bar Wednesday night at like midnight. <laughs> Drinking yeah. beers over at over at Blake's, I think we were right. Yeah, Blake's or yeah, Blake's, and then we went. We ended up switching to Murphy's. Murphy's, yeah. So, yeah. A, it was a common narrative <laughs> for the, yeah. the cons. Yeah. Well, they're they're close. The food's pretty good. You know, they have mm-hmm. beer, so I mean, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they actually delivered the food. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll 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 pause real quick, Jeff. Wilkins has jumped in with us. Hey, Jeff, if you want to introduce yourself there. Sure. Jeff Wilkins. Uh, I'm one of the normal regular players on uh, Into the Darkness. Um, we do the uh, video podcast actual plays. NGM, don't sell yourself short. Yeah, that's true. I'm, <laughs> I'm preparing a new one, so I'm getting ready to run one again soon. We met Jeff uh, last time at uh, in, in 2015. I was sitting in Dunkin' Donuts having a bagel and a cup of coffee, and he comes in kind of like wandering around and you know i'm not the most social person you know which i guess isn't portrayed very well across podcasts but i'm like ah hey you want you want to sit like how's it going who are you you know what are you doing and jeff had never played an rpg was just getting into things and here two years later gm he's on a podcast he's doing all things it's just such an awesome story (laughs) that's really cool Rags to riches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Where are the riches, man? It's <laughs> yeah, Cinderella story. So Jeff, we were we were talking about like uh, the the your most favorite part here, right up front with uh, what was going on with Necro this year. Yeah, I, I mean the, the thing with the, with Necronomicon that, that gets to me is it's there's so many things going on that you decide that you want to do this and that automatically means you're going to miss out on something good that you else that you also want to do. Yeah. So this time around, I ended up playing uh, a few games and uh, I got to play with uh, Paul Fricker and Matt Sanderson. Uh, that was like kind of the highlight for me. So just being able to play with those guys, that was awesome. You, you say a couple, I think maybe you underestimated a little bit. <laughs> I think I didn't ended up doing uh, four games in total. Nice. That's, that's, that's an investment. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. What about the rest of you Hepcats there? Uh segueing to gaming, I guess. I a highlight. I can't really identify favorite, but on Saturday there was the extra life session that went from two in the afternoon until six, I think. And it was uh something I went into very skeptically. It was a 
um, a, a charity event where each GM ran 30 minutes of a game, of a Call of Cthulhu game, kind of a stripped-down version. And and those all fed into each other, and then there were portals, and so you'd be playing along, and then a portal would appear, and you'd go to sort of the next setting, and they're all very different settings. Um, so I was I did one of the 30-minute sessions, but we're talking about, I don't know, eight different sessions that culminate together, and Mike Mason sort of did the finale. And... It was an amazing, fun experience. You could pay to have to mess with people. So you could do a little donation to, you know, have a monster appear or require a player to speak in a Scottish accent or, you know, to just kind of mess with people. And so, you know, they raised almost $800 by doing that and um, in four hours. And it was a blast. By the end of it, it was sort of like stadium style because all the survivors at the end were playing a single last scene with, with Mike Mason. And, but everybody was being the spectator who had, who had been eliminated. And so it was this, I don't know, just a very cool group gaming experience that I thought was going to be, frankly, kind of dumb. <laughs> but, you know, 30 minutes of gaming, I was like, how's that going to work? That's not, there's no depth there. That's not going to be that much fun. But it was outrageously good. And in a short amount of time, I got to play with Scott Dorward. I got to play right next to Niels Hobbs. I got to play with Badger and other friends that I probably wouldn't have been able to, you know, put in a four-hour session with. And so it was, it was kind of a compact set of awesomeness for me. Cool. Yeah, I, I knew that was going on. I unfortunately wasn't uh, wasn't able to make it in there, but you know, I did talk to uh, to Jessica, who coordinates all the the gaming over there for uh, Necronomicon, and they're slowly, slowly expanding, expanding the uh, the gaming portion of the con. So that, that's really good because it's you know it's a nice blend between that you know literary aspect and the gaming, and you know, you've got the art show, and there's music, and there, you know, there, like Jess said, there's so many different things that are going on that you can you know take. They have the movie uh, movie stuff going on. So just a ton of stuff. And, and, and Providence is just a great little place. The weather was beautiful this year. It wasn't all that humid. I was a little kind of like, oh, man, it's going to be super muggy. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that. But I was beautiful. Yeah, 2015 was brutal weather-wise. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> However, I will say that, you know, it was a mistake to try and walk to the art show. Oh gosh, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I all have to say that was that was a highlight for me, a definite highlight, but duh, death <laughs> otherwise. I come from Florida. We have a one inch grade across the entire state. <laughs> Students at Wichita State University have have uh done a grade two scale of a pancake and compared it to scale with a model of the state of Kansas. And the state of Kansas is flatter than the surface of a pancake. <laughs> so, I mean, there is no topography whatsoever. So Hill was like, what is this thing? <laughs> and you think the worst part is going up the hill? <laughs> But thank you then, for letting me. You have to come. Thank you for letting me cling on to you, so I could not <laughs> roll down. You have to come down the hill, and like there are things like roads and rivers in front of you that, if you lose your footing, you're going to die. 
and and they and apparently the city knows this because they put you know handrails in. <laughs> well, Brett, Brett and I and, and Vince walked around. Jesus, all day Thursday. I mean, I think Brett came in. You what about yep. noon? And we we dropped your shit at the room, and we walked around till what six seven o'clock at night, uphill both yep. ways in some instances. <laughs> I don't understand how that's a thing, but yeah, it was, it was crazy. We were all over the place. You know that that's one of my favorite things about it is just environment, and and you know Lovecraft's fun, but I really do take it seriously too. Like it's a, I don't want to say it's a spiritual thing that'd be kind of lame, but it, that environment it's really you know impressive to me to be there and being able to see the library being able to just see all the architecture which i enjoy so it's a lot of fun for me to go there too because it just reminds me of that you know it's just like the, the coolest parts of historical boston and everywhere you look it's not just one little neighborhood it's ev everywhere you know so that was a lot of fun walking around the hills are tough but you know it's, it's part of the part of the fun yeah, you know, so I, I enjoyed that a lot. That was actually one of my favorite parts, just walking around and enjoying it. Cool. What about you, Ash? It, it was, so I was at 2013 and 2015, and for both of those, like, every, every like, slot of time I went to something, so by the end of it, I was just run ragged. And for this one, I, like, scheduled in almost nothing, so it was actually being able to walk around Providence and kind of experience... Lovecraft's Providence for the first time, after, despite being there for the two other Necronomicons. So yeah. go, going to the art show, the Anathium, like walking around Brown, just seeing all this, and then doing actually being able to do the tour in the booklet and being like, oh, that's the shunned house. Oh, an evil wizard used to live there. Like that was just so much fun. <laughs> that's cool. And we we met online. Uh, we got uh, thrust into a panel together. So. Uh, Kind yeah. of reached that on Twitter, so that, I mean that was really cool because you were like super responsive, and you know you were you were tweeting while we were I think at like Blake's one night, and you're like, oh, I'm sitting in the room, and I'm like, no, you've got to come down to Blake's just in time for last call. Right? Yeah, yeah, just in time for one drink, but one drink was pretty good. So I, I felt kind of bad afterwards. I didn't realize how late it was. <laughs> But they were cool. I mean, we, we spent, you know, uh, quite a bit of time and quite a bit of money in there. So, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was awesome. I, you know, like, you know, uh, I, whoever was saying, you know, once you, you know, you schedule one thing, it, you know, kind of blocks you out for a bunch of other stuff. I mean, and that's, you know, like, that's any con, right? I mean, especially yeah. with, you know, especially if gaming is involved, because you're looking at a four to six hour slot on stuff. And, you know, I, we didn't schedule anything extra like we had our panels that we were doing but you know kind of like you ash we just sort of floated through we recorded a bunch of other panels you know sunday morning at you know eight o'clock i was up to get downstairs to the garden room to to record a panel on you know fabulism that had uh, uh peter straub i brought one of his books with me i was carrying it around a huge tome all weekend and i just could never catch him i'm like fuck it i'm just gonna get up and go like <laughs> sunday was rough but he was totally worth it. And he was super nice guy. You know, got a picture, signed a book, and yeah, it, was, it was really cool. Did you ever have much luck, Pete? I remember you running around with the little suitcase, the little wheeled suitcase of books. <laughs> For signing? Yeah. So believe it or not, I, I um, accomplished almost everything I set out to do. 
I don't know how that happened, but literally late Saturday afternoon, I camped out in the hallway of the Biltmore, and as people walked by, I said, I need you. <laughs> and they were That's like, awesome. oh, God, what's this guy doing? <laughs> and, yeah. and I got everything, almost everything I needed signed, signed. Um, and then I discovered that there were people who were at attendance who weren't even on the guest list or anywhere. Um, like we had what? We had um, beers with F. Paul Wilson and Tom Monteleone. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, uh, I saw Ruth Ann Emrys was there with Ann Pillsworth, but Ruth, I didn't see Ruth Ann on any of the programming. Um, I don't think her name was listed in the in the guide, which would have been nice because I have a couple books by her. But, you know, I had overextended myself anyway. And <laughs> I had to have these shit clothes home. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. That's great. I'm glad I packed light. That's yeah. for sure. Because the, the vendor halls. Oh, no, the words. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Yes. I had so much fun at the vendor halls. Eve uh, Trigny, uh, Pork Cheeto, he did Pork Cheeto and the Matthew and Bartlett's uh, advent calendar. And I got both of those and I was able to get them signed. So you did as well. So there we go. Well, it was weird this year. They, they uh, shortened the hours, I guess, or the days uh, involved for the... Uh, for the vendor hall, which I thought was kind of weird. I, I, and I wonder whether or not that's somewhat a reaction from the vendors themselves to be like, Hey, I'm stuck in here for four days. I want to, you know, kind of hang out at the con too. Like, you know, what's the, well, so, uh, yeah. So B, you were vending. So was that a, a thing that kind of came up among vendors or? Um, I don't know. Um, I have, I have been, I have been a bookseller for 25 years. And my commitment to the table, the, it, it's the um, Lovecraft Easing table, was was partial. You know, I, I did about fifty percent of the time there. Um, but I know, as, as a businessman, when when you know I have to make my my money, I'm going to be in the vending room. So, and I want it open as long as possible. <laughs> you might need to spell me for a few minutes. Um, so I can get food and, you know, organic breaks. But um, I, I like a I like a, a, a room open a long time. Um, I did hear that some people complain. You know, there was the room was split over two rooms. The vending you know, was split uh, on two different levels. I heard some complaints about that. I walked around both of them. Whenever I walked around, both of them were just as crowded as as the others. Um, this is a great improvement over what two not the, not last year's but not two years ago but the first one 2013 yeah, yeah where vending was in three different yeah. hotels oh wow yeah there was book vending there was game vending and then there was art vending and they were all in different places if I remember correctly yeah so there were three yeah. yeah. Did you get a sense from 2015? Did it seem like there were more vendors or less? I had a hard time judging it based on it being in the split rooms like that. Oh, I, I definitely think there were more vendors. You think so? Um, I was wondering that. 
Yeah, I think there were more vendors, and that may have cut into other vendors' profits. You know, um, this is the this is the thing that you kind of have to be careful about. Is if you expand your vending room, that's great for buyers, but it's not always the best for sellers because there is a finite amount of dollar to go around, um, unless you massively increase your attendance but i don't think that happened so, how, how many more you know, items did you get for your reading list i'm just going to get that question out of the way i know the reading the, the reading pile doubled in size <laughs> um, yeah. and then i will shamefully admit so on sunday i decided that i was going to reorganize my library <laughs> And about 12 hours later, I realized that I had bought books that I had already owned. Oh, no. <laughs> so, starting in October, we will be auctioning things off on eBay. <laughs> That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not, because I got some really good deals because, you know, I, I could negotiate. But... um. Yeah, there's. I bought a lot of books, and I bought some books I already had, and you know, I had to reorganize the library because I know these all these books are going to be coming onto the shelves, and uh, yes, things are going to happen, and it's there's too. I actually said on Sunday I have too many books. And Come on. The rest, everybody else in the house looked at me like I had you know committed a piece of blasphemy. Never. Well, dude, when you you know when you move, like just in general, when when anybody moves, books are the worst because they're they're like the heaviest damn things. And if you just have boxes, I used I I hate to say this, but I got rid of a lot of books recently. Years I've been dragging them around if I move places, and it is just to, to move with books. More yeah, it's just. And I, I, you know, one of the things I've, I've, I've done lately is I used to have a really great reference library. Like I have an entire book on Florida birds and then I have a book on horses, just hundreds and hundreds of breeds of horses, just so that, you know, if I need it as a reference, I have it. But all that stuff now is on the internet. And it's actually easier just to get it on the internet than it is to go down and find it in the library. <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I'm purging all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, some of the other stuff is outdated. You know, I have beautiful books from the 50s and 60s, but all the illustrations and pictures are in black and white. And just doesn't work anymore. So the new edition is a little better. Got some color to it. I've gotten a lot of my physical books just on the e-readers and the Kindle and stuff now. It's not the same as a book, but... Again, it's this big, and yeah. so oh, much more. Like, well, you you throw a thousand books on a you know on a Kindle or whatever, but yeah. I I still refuse. I I don't do any sort of e-reading. I am strictly a book. I on the plane coming home, I had four books in my backpack. I had another eight books in my suitcase. <laughs> I was gonna say you only had four, you lucky man. Yeah, um, no, I, I went home with more than that, but that's what I had on okay. my list. <laughs> Yeah. I guess the I problem I have with ebooks is that you, you really don't own them. No, you yeah. don't. 
And you, I, I've actually had an experience where I lost, you know, Amazon took a book away from me. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got to my, back your Kindle up. Yeah. One of yours. Yeah. Okay. So the, I, I wrote a, I wrote a story for a book and they sent me a copy of the book and they sent me in uh, you know, an e-copy for my Kindle and somewhere along the line, the publisher who was a sole proprietor died. Oh, I remember this. Okay. And because it was a sole proprietorship, there was no way to move that publisher forward in the business world. So Amazon could not pay them for any books that were being sold. And they just cut the book from, from their catalog. And in doing so, cut it from everybody who bought it. Was no longer supported. Well, that's crazy. If you've already spent the money, the publisher already got paid for what yeah. you have on your Kindle. The, yeah. These, these are though. These are issues that will need to be addressed right. that haven't been yet, and legacy issues. There's Seriously, no, yeah. there's so, um, a story about a woman who moved from Britain to Germany, and she lost everything on her Kindle because they're in two, in two different zones. Oh, and again, I'm I'm just going to mention you might want to back up all of your Moby files and your EPUBs off yep. of your Kindle. So, Prime example. I you know I get it. I love the Kindle. There's still some kinks to be worked out of it. It's not not where I want it to be yet. So I'm still stuck in the real book world, and I'm probably going to be there for a long time. Yeah, the only people who think you have too many books is your friends when you move. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to admit, I've gotten rid of a number of books recently, like just an old stuff, stuff that's out of date, uh, you know, just making room for other stuff. And, you know, I, I said to Cody, I went up to him at, at the dealer room and I'm like, I, I feel like such a poser. I said, you've been on the show. We've played games together. I, was like, I don't have any of your books. Sell me some books. What do you have? Give me something here. <laughs> so uh, I, I wound up with some books from Cody, from, from Douglas Wynn, Laird Barron's with the chase. Uh, I picked up your book, Pete, uh, unfortunately not from you, but <laughs> you did to have them at the table. <laughs> Dude. I sold out of every single one of my books by Friday night. I had nothing Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was Saturday, like late was the first day that I'd even made it over to the dealer room because we were just so busy doing all the other stuff and they weren't open on Thursday. Thursday we had all day and it was closed. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and what about you? You didn't schedule anything, Ash, but like your Twitter was just like everywhere. You were like live <laughs> tweeting panels. Like somebody just, you know, threw shade at the Edgar Allan Poe panel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the Gothic studies as like an academic field is for some random reason, really active on Twitter. So I went to all of the, the I went to the Edgar Allan Poe, the Southern Gothic, the Frankenstein one. And, and, and I forget which panelist it was, but but they made some like really wild claims about the history of the Gothic, and so it was pretty pretty fun to watch a little firestorm happen. 
Kids Johnson said to me at, at one of the panels that, you know, oh, they're dry and, you know, sometimes they're not that fun. But occasionally, you know, you're wondering whether or not someone's yeah. going to like, you know, throw a cup of water on somebody because, right. you know, some weird instance like that. They have just such a deeply ingrained like, no, it's this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe somebody who's newer in the field or younger, you know, just different ideas can, uh, you know, come in and kind of shake that up. I didn't see any of that, but... <laughs> I just, I just kept running into it. Yeah. Was okay. anybody can, can else? Ask, that... uh, Go ahead, Chad. Uh, so I wanted to ask Ash uh, for an example of Firestorm. I, I, I didn't get to see it, so. What's it was. I'm, I'm. I'd have to go back through my Twitter feed and find out who said it. But somebody on the Edgar Allan Poe panel claimed that the the Gothic literary tradition was was started in colonial America and not and not England, where it definitely one hundred percent without question started. And so that was that was like a a very contentious claim to be made, just kind of thrown out there. With no backing. There was no Yeah, we no with, with no case. with no like like here's why I'm making this really wild assertion. <laughs> All right. I think I think I know where we stand then. <laughs> did anyone else sit in uh, just listen to the mocking there was a mocking panel I believe on Saturday Saturday or Sunday and one of the gentlemen that was presenting and I did not catch who it was because I was busy hunkered down by a power outlet trying to charge my phone (laughs) um he started, he almost started crying about mocking. Yeah, he almost like burst into tears. And I'm trying to remember, I can't for the life of me remember who this guy was. But he was an elderly gentleman. And he started talking about, what was it, the Grail or the Trinity? that he had written and how absolutely gorgeous it was. And I had never written, I've, I'd never read Machen, but it was that emotional testimony that makes me want to. Was it, um, what, what's the, what was the, the poet laureate of this year? Was it Donald, Donald Sidney Fryer? Because he got he got really emotional during the poetry panel, and that really? inspired me to like jot down all of his, all of like the, the poems he was naming. Because he was just like he was living and dying by like each line of each poem. Yeah. Really intense to watch. He was yeah. emotional during the opening too. Yeah, yeah. I got him to sign something, and it was oh, like awesome. You know, but he he was really even emotional about that because I, I guess he he doesn't get that a lot. And here he was a superstar. Yeah. You know, so kind of cool for him. And it was nice to see him. He's like the elder statesman of, of poetry. Well, that's really cool. I, you know, and I wonder, so like, so like for, you know, for you, Chad and, and, and Jeff and you, Pete, you know, people come up, you know, cause like 
you do your thing, right? You you write, you you have full time job, you work, you're doing your thing, and then people come up and they're like, "Oh, can I get your autograph?" Like, or, or you know, "Oh, you know, when I read this, or you know, when I listened to the MU show, you know, I, like, you know, I was going through a rough time, and you know, I listened to you guys, like, you know, you got like, what does that do for you guys when when you kind of come across that sort of stuff? Because it's just like, hey, we're going, we're hanging at a convention, we're drinking some beers, we're doing, you know, Lovecraft trivia or whatever. So like, how is that for you guys when when you experience that? So, okay, so somebody came up to me and said they had, they had scheduled their entire schedule for the weekend around my panels. In the That's round cool. of trivia. Awesome. Yeah, That's like, great. What? No. <laughs> <sighs> That's crazy. That's insane. I'm nobody. If you want to spend some time with me, you know, let's go grab a beer. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> I'm a beer whore. Okay, <laughs> I'd be glad to sit down. And let's talk. You don't have to stalk me throughout Necronomicon, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was kind of weird. But it's you know it is a, definitely an ego boom. Um, I, I it's surprising. I don't realize that I, you know people talk to uh, send emails all the time to the Lovecraft Easing and say you know that that it's one thing they look forward to all week. It gets them through the the weekend and. They, they listen to it on their drive into work on Monday morning, and they, they, they really miss it miss it when they miss it. So that's kind of bizarre. But I, because I don't really think of myself as that kind of person, you know? I'm just a guy. And I happen to be doing something I love in my spare time, which is to write these crazy stories um, and play, you know, Call of Cthulhu every once in a while when <laughs> deadlines don't aren't looming. So anyway, that was that's my take on it. Now, what do you got, Chad? Yeah, I, similar experience. I there's a few of us who have talked about the imposter syndrome, the the sense that you, you you're sort of masquerading as somebody important. <laughs> um, you know, my feeling is it, it, not to. Um, diminish what you say peter but i feel like writers kind of earn it <laughs> um and i feel very much like i just kind of show up with my friends and blabber and somebody edits it and puts it on the internet and um you know i don't feel like i've i've gained that that status deserve that status so when somebody asks me for an autograph it's weird because i haven't done anything is how i feel um, you know, I'm trying to write for the game. Um, that's, you know, also, that's not like writing. Well, well I won't say that on a podcast. <laughs> um, I do think, I, I, yeah, well, fiction, I don't know. Fiction is just a deeper kind of uh, different, different bowel to trudge through. And um, it's hard. I know it enough to know how freaking hard it is. So, um, yeah, so getting an autograph for blabbering on, uh, on a podcast is is weird, and, and it doesn't feel like. But it's nice; it's really nice. And I will say, I get a lot out of it. I get, uh, you know, uh, the there's that fame part. It's kind of awkward, and there's a signing thing, but then there's a conversation. So I kind of I don't resent it for that because it turns into something actual where you know I can encourage someone to. Uh, right into the podcast and connect with other people. I can uh, talk about what they like in gaming and you know, draw that out of them. So that that part's valuable. 
Right. I mean, we had been in contact before Necro 15, uh, you know, emails to, you know, to the MU cast and, um, you know, but we, you know, first time we ever met was at, you know, in 15. And, and like you said, we just, you know, we stayed in touch with friends and, you know, we've been on hangouts just like individually, just, you know, <laughs> chatting about stuff. And um, yeah, it, it does, it, it, you know, especially the smaller kind, because it's so much more personal, you have more time to, to interact with people. Like even Peter Strab, like when he was leaving his panel, I got a picture and everything, and he was on his way to uh, like a short story reading, but he still like took the time and was, you know, was gracious and said a couple of words and, you know, you go something like Gen Con, like you you pay to demo a game with somebody, and like you know all these crazy things. So it's nice to have that that smaller, you know, sort of one on one interaction. Like pizza, you know, we just we'll go grab a beer. Like it's not that big a deal. So it's pretty cool. I, I tell you, on Thursday, I was so psyched for Brett. We were standing there. There were so many people around, and, and you guys were there. I was trying to find you in the crowd and, you know, Chris Lackey and Chad and everybody. And I'm standing there with Brett, and I, and I think it was Chad Pfeiffer, wasn't it, Brett? Came up, and, and I'm like, hey, Chad, you know, how's it going? And he looks at Brett, and he goes, you're Brett Miller, right? And I was like, oh, it's so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from the literary podcast knows Brett, like, or just like knows him to see him. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, that was cool. You know, <laughs> it, there, there was like, for me, there was maybe like two or three people that probably recognized my shit. I, I get more of that kind of stuff online. Like, I get a lot of people that write me, oh, this is awesome. But, um, you know, People definitely aren't coming up to me live at something like this. I I was trying to find some people who had bought Oath of Dagon. There wasn't a lot of people there because a lot of people bought it internationally and everything. So point I, it would have been cool to, to have a little kind of get-together just to talk metal with, like, people that were really into metal and, and, and who were familiar with the stuff. It was, it was a lot of fun. Again, just being around everybody who was – my other big thing there is just being around so many people who just know about Lovecraft, you know? So, you know, I, whether people are familiar with what I do or not, doesn't matter. You know, they're familiar with Lovecraft. That's what I give a shit about. Right. I, I know that there's, fun. there's like four or five different composers that come to, to Necronomicon and whatnot. Um, was there a music panel this year or no? I don't think so, no. No, you should really talk about you should you should propose that as a, a panel for the next time. That's an excellent idea. Yeah. I th I thought about that. I was actually telling John what, what I'd love to do is do a talk about um, what was going on world of music kind of during Lovecraft's time, uh, in the teens and 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 the twenties, because just like with the parallel stuff in in the world of art, where it was just of, of all these new scientific streams of thought where everything was just being deconstructed and anything was happening with music. You had all the atonal stuff. You had all the, you know, just weird harmonic things going on, weird instrumentations, all kinds of shit. And I think people would really get a kick out of that stuff that they probably never heard. I mean, most people don't listen. Most people haven't even heard like Beethoven nowadays, you know, so like nobody's heard that was going on in that time. And, and I think that's super Lovecraftian, a lot of these things, because it just, it's, it, 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 you've got all the Crowley stuff going on in the occult world. You've got all the, um, you know, the Dali stuff and the weird, you know, 
avant-garde shit and, and the music too. It was just this whole kind of clusterfuck down. Um, and I, it would be super fun to just make a big playlist and talk about those kind of people. So it's something I thought about. So I probably will talk to someone to see yeah. if they'd be interested. I would really encourage, I'd like to hear it. It's not my genre of music, but I'd like to hear about it because that's where new ideas are going to come from. Um, mm -hmm. I wrote that story, The Spaces uh, Between, uh, about atonal music and, and um, cosmicism. And, you know, that comes from just doing a little bit of research and going down a path you don't normally go down. Yeah. You're getting inspired. So, yeah, I'd like to see that. Scriabin is one of my favorite composers. He was this Russian guy. Manic, like he, he died because he had this giant boil on his face that got infected, but like he wouldn't let the doctors lance it because he thought that he was essentially like Jesus Christ and that and he, you couldn't cut to be like defiling God. Like it's all, all this crazy shit. But he wrote this insane stuff and it was going on with that. Like he was really heavily into the occult, he was really heavily into theosophy, all this kind of stuff. And actually good a lot of the atonal stuff kind of sucks as music you know just in terms of listenability but but it's a cool idea you know the the, the intellectualism behind it is very cool um i will talk to people about that i'll get in touch with neil right because he's the guy that runs it i'll, I'll make an i'll make a note make sure we get you in there next time <laughs> oh yeah and, and so speaking of panels, you did the, one of the academic panels. What was that like uh, uh, compared to some of the other panels that, that you watched, participated in? Yeah, you. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe somebody else did it too. But I know specifically you went to one of the uh, – Yeah, I, I went to – honestly, I went to – that was the only one I went to. I, I told you I, I didn't even look at the schedule pretty much until I got there. I browsed a little bit online. I, I, there wasn't a ton I was interested in. I went to more of them two years ago. But uh, these were two guys who do the Lovecraft Science website, Lovecraftian Science, I think it's called. Really cool. Because okay. they, they were good speakers anyway. Fred Lubno? Yeah, I think so. And there was he was the uh, – was he the mathematician? There was a guy who was like a marine biologist. Fred's a marine biologist. Lubno. Now, yeah. And it was it was him and he was a uh, mathematician. I, I, I'm really into that, like the weird mathematics and the, the weird physics stuff anyway. So he was all talking about the fourth dimensional physics and the tesseracts. And, and, and I like that a lot. So I'm going to tell you a little story. Um, I found out Fred went to UC Davis in California and he studied under the guy who's my mentor at, in Florida. So like oh, yeah? one degree of separation from between us. And, you know, he's an, eco uh, an aquatic ecologist and that's what I do. He's, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy stuff that we're, we're like twins almost. Anyway. Well, it's funny that you're both into Lovecraft too, with all the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 um, Octopi, what's what's the, the, the genus or whatever? Cephalopods. Yeah, cephalopods. There you go, yeah. And and for you, Chad, how did the uh, how did your guys' experience go with the live show? It was a little bit different this year than uh, than twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen was very garage band, two guys with a, a microphone that we were lucky to get. Um, 
and then and then this year we amped it up we we did a dual podcast with an, another podcast that sort of covers the same territory the good friends of Jackson Elias and so six of us up there plus Mike Mason uh line editor for for Chaosium for Kalkthu and uh it's a lot of people it was kind of you know we had a kind of strange puppet show situation we had um it was a lot of production and not all of it went so well Our recording it was like we did everything okay except the recording didn't go so well so the actual output of the podcast um you know we have to piece together but anyway yeah it went it went really well it was fun to be on stage with those guys it was kind of a nice bonding of worlds um and a, and a fun topic we talked about lovecraftian what makes your game lovecraftian or how to bring lovecraft into your game um, so it was pretty juicy, I thought. John's disembodied head was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sort of started as a joke, uh, an inside joke of, well, John's not going to be there. Well, we have to have a puppet of him. In 2015, I made a puppet of Merv, another co-host. And uh, so we kind of carried that forward. And my friend Galen Pichot made this face that was almost like a comic book kind of half shadow face that came together in pieces and um and we had a little pre-recorded message it was goofy as heck but um i don't know sort of still glad bring a little theater to the uh panel experience i guess i think the audience loved it too i, yeah, I hope so <laughs> one of the things i'm really impressed with is is you know whether it's a magic show or a, a dramatization or music live music it takes guts to get up on stage not your stage but a stage that you've never worked on before with equipment that's not yours and try and pull it all together and you know and actually get a halfway decent job um yeah that's crazy to me you know i got it easy i just had to bring a piece of paper in my voice you guys have <laughs> way more to do. Yeah, I'm really impressed with how the convention has evolved that theatricality with HPL, the HP Lovecraft Historical Society stuff, the um, HP Podcraft puts on a really tight show. Um, Big Nazo, I mean, I just really like all of the weird, uh, you know, theatrical approaches to Lovecraft, whether it's information and sort of analysis or it's uh stage productions i missed the new york city one that uh yeah. they did a yeah king and yellow kind of thing and i missed that you have to make all these cruel choices in the schedule but i just love that there is all this theatricality and um interesting takes on uh, expressing love of lovecraft and interest yeah Yes. About four, go ahead, Leah. Oh, um, I was just going to say, Big Nazo did a fantastic, fantastic job with the uh, with the tentacled beasts that were coming out during their uh, theater program at the very end of the convention. Um, I loved it. What was that movie, Dagon? The Dunwich Horror. Uh, the Dunwich Horror. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dun oh, not Dagan. Dunwich Dun Horror Picture Show. Favorites, but yeah, the Dunwich Horror Picture Show. I loved that, and uh, and it was it was a real highlight for me as well. 
So fantastic job, you guys. A, a couple of years ago, there was an editorial in the New York Review of Science Fiction complaining that there wasn't enough live sci-fi fantasy horror drama productions and what was out there wasn't getting noticed or reviewed so nobody knew about it and since since that editorial came out i think the world has just exploded that there is more dramatizations of works going on at conferences and conventions and they are getting noticed and I think it's a really important kind of venue and movement that we're not we're not fully aware of yet. But I'd like to see more of it. I'm really entertained by it. That's hard to do too because effects or without the lighting or because going up there to try and moved or you know. Just based on words, but it's hard to get up there. And if you don't have a lot else going on, just speaking or with a microphone, it's hard to scare people doing that. You know what I mean? I do. I do. And that's that's why it becomes more about what you're actually saying. And you, you don't have to rely on that special effect anymore. You you can't rely on it because you don't have it. Um, so it becomes more about the dialogue and the acting than it does about special effects. That was so, that's what was so great about those old black and white movies in the fifties. You never saw the creature. You never saw the murder. Like as things would reach a climax, it would cut away and you'd hear a scream and you knew, and the things that you could imagine were always much worse than what they could have showed you on the screen. Um, I, I wonder Pete, as, as you're saying that, that, I wonder if that if you're saying sort of unconsciously, if that's sort of a visceral reaction to the sort of the disconnectedness we have now with, you know, cell phones and the internet and you know, we're doing this thing on Hangout to just where you have just that that interaction between the people on the stage and the people in the audience, just sort of a primal, you know, it goes back to the, you know, storytelling around a campfire and, and you know, oral traditions and, and you know, uh, older cultures and things. So I wonder if that's like, I enjoy that. Like I enjoy old time radio and all that kind of stuff. So I just wonder if it's, you know, kind of maybe, you know, coming back around because people are unaware that they miss that. Yeah. I, I mean, how many times have we seen a monster up on the screen and say, yeah, that fails? It just doesn't work. Um, you know, and if you try and do it right, it's going to cost you a couple million dollars because you have to CGI it. And even then, it's going to look stupid sometimes. <laughs> um, but if you just keep it off screen, I mean, what is it, Absentia? Keeps that monster off screen, the whole movie. And it works. It works tremendously um yeah and you know the the um, dramatic reading of the call of the cthulhu that was done um was excellent it, it took the original material and rewrote it as a, a one-man play uh, and, a, and a monologue that worked and i i was enraptured by that performance even though it was so freaking hot yeah, yeah. A lot of those things were <laughs> pretty warm. Uh, what did, yeah, in that big room, man, it was brutal. In that big room there. Yeah, the, the garden room was was tough. Um, so, what do you what do you do? You have any thoughts on that, Ash? Being you know, with your your work with gothic 
gothic literature. You kind of yeah, get a sense of that, or yeah, but Lovecraft's writing really doesn't lend itself to like the paranormal activity kind of jump scare handy cam aesthetic that's really popular right now. So I think that like the these stage performances are a lot closer to what Lovecraft would have like been if he was a playwright. You know, like he wouldn't have been writing like jump scares and a lot of like giant gory monsters running around he would have been writing like you know the the these kind of weird plays like i went to the i went to the king in yellow play or stage performance that was at necronomicon this year and the the audience that was attending the the king in yellow played the audience in the play like it was this it was this clever little fourth wall break and like i don't know maybe it was just me but like, like there was some tension floating through it because in in the story of the play like the audience was trapped inside a theater that was about to be set on fire, you know? So that, that wound up playing really cleverly. Yeah, and it, was, and it was probably hot in there already, so... It... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it felt like the fire was lit, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, and, and, and most of you here are, were on uh, the two panels. We pitched two panels for this year, which was pretty cool. They got accepted after uh, kind of worming their way through the process. Uh, We'll leave things at that, but, uh, you know, it was first time for me, like Pete was saying, you know, you're, you're on someone else's stage. Like we do this every night, right. Or, you know, once a week, whatever. So it's like, Oh, it shouldn't be that big a deal. Like Chad said, Oh, you're fine. You, you podcast, you're, you're okay. It was terrifying <laughs> to go up there on Friday night and do that first panel. And I was so appreciative that, that you and Dan, uh, keeper Dan, uh, from, from MU podcast, you guys came and, you know, we're there for moral support. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate that. Cause you know, a little bit of a stating influence. Like we had a good group, Ash was there and, and, uh, you know, Leah was on that panel. Uh, Jeff, you were not on that panel. You were on the other one, right? Correct. Yeah. On the other one. Um, and I, you know, I mean, everybody said they, they went okay. Like, you know, nobody died. Nothing got set on fire. <laughs> Nobody fell off the podium stage there. <laughs> I really enjoyed that panel, by the way. I, I legitimately it just enjoyed the discussion. It, it, it kind of went in a lot of different directions, but I enjoyed the sort of stream of consciousness um, aspect of it. And a lot of territory, interesting territory was covered that I would have sought out if it was just a panel about, you know, a, a, a slice of that. So it was cool. Right. We had a lot of audience participation, which certainly helped a lot. The uh, yes, was named Daryl, or uh, I don't remember what his name was, but he was he was another guy. wasn't like he was associated with one of the other uh, groups. Uh, you know, he was very involved. Daryl, I think maybe it was. Uh, you know, asking a lot of questions and making a lot of comments. So that was super yes. helpful. <laughs> yes, and you know, I was I was wrong too. Oh, go ahead, man. Oh, I was just going to thank you all again, everyone that sat on the panel with me, because I know that I interjected quite a bit with some off-the-wall things, and my flippant memory that tends to slip away. I appreciate all of you having all of your shit together, and mine is not. <laughs> well, I was going to say I was wrong about the one guy who you know, kind of came into the panel at the last minute. I thought I thought he was going to hijack the whole thing. So I was like texting John. I was like, watch out for this guy. He's going to try and hog the whole thing. But I, but I was wrong. 
Before we started, my my phone jingled and it was Brett. And I'm like, I'm, I'm literally right here. What are you texting me for? <laughs> he was great. What uh, what was his name? I would. It wasn't Matt. Right Matt was Ash. the younger guy. Um, I Michael. I want to say maybe. It was the guy. He was doing like he's like video game studies or something like this, or game studies or the Matt older guy. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, he was, so we were getting ready to, to set up, and he was kind of hovering by the table, and he's like, oh, yeah, uh, by the way, Neil's asked me to be on this panel. I'm like, that's that was news awkward. to me. Yeah. Like, I just emailed him, like, last week, and we finally got everything all settled. I'm like, to have at it, I guess. I don't get another chair. <laughs> well, I don't know what your perception was, but I think once the video game thread started, it was the, the audience had a, yeah had a lot to to give back and was clearly like ah this is something we all agree on. <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. And I'm just down on the end like I don't know what you guys are talking about because I really only do tabletop now. <laughs> <laughs> but that was cool beforehand because uh, you know because I'd reach out to Ash and like hey you know what's your perspective like we're on this panel what are you you know where are you coming from so you know you kind of get a feel for you know where everyone else was on the panel I mean obviously I'm strictly like tabletop stuff so it, I, I I thought we struck a nice balance between but but like you said yeah, I I think people you know began to become more animated like oh video games what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, I probably wouldn't have gone to a video games panel. It's kind of what I'm, what I said, you know, in code before. But uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't play that many video games, but I, I recognize, just like theater, it's a really interesting way to uh, have that uh, discussion about what's Lovecraftian. Totally. And, yeah. And it's cool now. Like, there's, it seems like there's a plethora of Lovecraftian video games that are now coming out. Or have come out or are coming out expected to come out, you know, in the near future. So, I mean, there are a lot more options for people who, you know, are, are into that meme to be like, Oh, I love Lovecraft and I love video games. And now I can do both of these things. And it doesn't have to be some weird ancillary, like, well, it's kind of like a Lovecraft. There's a tentacle somewhere. So like I'll play that one, but no, it's, it's yeah. a Lovecraft game specifically. So that, that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, and then you've got you've got video games like well, what is it, Dark Space, or Dead Space? I think it was Dead Space, where it starts off like things happened with the ship, and then as you get further and further along, it's like, oh, dead wife, you died, you died, dead wife, what the hell? And then at the end of the game, it's like, dead wife, you're making a ton of sense let's rebuild the marker <laughs> yes why did i not pay attention to you before so yeah um it may not specifically be lovecraftian but i think that it had a lot of undertones i mean you get a lot of that with different video games it was it was very weird fiction uh, at the least oh absolutely and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like we got to take it where we can get it. I mean, right. you know, the, the, as as popular as Necronomicon may be, we're still sort of rather sub niche in the whole, you know, kind of thing going on. So like, but it but it's cool. And everybody like like Brett said, everybody's super into it. So like, you can be there and be as geeky as nerdy as you want to be. And the guy that's standing next to you, the gal that's standing next to you, it's the same thing because they're there because they're into weird fiction, like. It's it's popular, and I'm not, I'm not knocking it at all. But like, 
you know, it, it, it's still sort of on the lower end of things. Right. But like everybody there is just so into it. It's just, it's, it's so, so cool to be part of that community. Cause you just walk up to somebody and be like, yeah, Lovecraft thing. Right. And they're like, yeah, cool. Lovecraft thing. So, well, the ones, the ones that actually know how to talk to other human beings. Well, we ran into a little of that. <laughs> Again, that's a, that's a con. I mean, you <laughs> but, um, it was funny. We as we were wandering, we found a little game store. So I'm like, shit, we got to go in because it's a game store, and I've got room in my my suitcase. So obviously, I'll go in. <laughs> and uh, you know, you know, you go in and like, you know, you're on vacation. You're at a thing. You're you're hanging out. And, you know, going in like, hey, dude, how's it going? Blah blah. Hello. Uh, okay. Like, how's how's it going? How's your store doing? And like, it's just fine. It's whatever. And I think it was Brett was like, oh, you know, you guys have a table at Necronomicon. We're here for the convention. We don't have anything to do with them. All right. Okay, guy. We're just going to oh, go. Oh, really? Like, this is why your store is empty. It. <laughs> you don't want to be well, here. No, we. we we determined that we probably walked in on him jacking off to like uh, anime or something, and he was all pissed when we walked in there. <laughs> I came in from the back, you know. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that was our running theory. Oh, oh no! Now I have now I have an idea for merch. We need a Cthulhu pillowcase. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, uh, it would probably sell. Oh. <laughs> probably. Yeah. probably my ass. It would totally sell. <laughs> All right, I'm going to uh, edit this out. Next next convention, we're going to have Cthulhu Bill cases. <laughs> no, Cthulhu, too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Can I pre order for a friend? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to start using soil, you know, selling soil underwear. <laughs> that's a thing in Japan. It's that's crazy. It's not just Japan. <laughs> well, okay. That's real. Ooh, a vending machine. That's something you haven't seen in the vendor hall. That that could get crazy pants. Oh my. <laughs> yep. We do need I need to find a good source of booth monkeys in Providence. Yeah, I just can't, you know, there's no reason for me and Mike to sit there. We could, you know, yeah. Anyway, money to a kick Kickstarter if you actually hired monkeys. Five hundred bucks. <laughs> well, you know they tried them in the post office. Yeah. They 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 made ten percent fewer mistakes, but they were five percent slower. <laughs> right, and, and the other uh, we did another panel on. Uh, on a Saturday morning, bright and early Saturday morning, which was not, oh my God, Pete's turned into a small puppy. <laughs> oh man. Uh, if you're watching the video, it's adorable. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, so we had a panel of bright and early in the morning, and, uh, and uh, Chad was on that. Jeff, Jeff, was that, that was your first panel ever, too, right? Yeah, yeah. How was your How was your experience with that? How did uh, you, How did you feel going in? How did How did the panel go for you? How did you feel afterwards? Yeah, I was very nervous. I, I mean, I still am nervous now just because uh, I feel like a little fish in the big pond here. So, but uh, no, absolutely not, absolutely not. But yeah, I mean, everybody was really nice, and uh, I thought it went well. It was hard. It was hard to get a read on the audience, so I feel 
wasn't sure. They were kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Was this at like eight o'clock in the morning? Nah, it was like ten thirty. All right, so they're still hungover. They're not drunk anymore. They're just hungover. Yeah. <laughs> they're just miserable. <laughs> oh, that's no, something that never happened be. before to me. Oh my god! So I, I had never gotten drunk, become sober, and then gotten drunk again without going to bed. <laughs> yes. Okay. Win. Hey, you're not you're not on screen anymore. Yeah, but no, that was just like so. We started drinking like after we got done back from the art show. We started drinking, and then we sobered up, and then we went to another bar and drank again. And then we went back to the first bar and they threw us out. And then we went back to another bar and they threw us out. No, they wouldn't let us in. No. And then we went back to the, the, the first bar and they said, you drank all our beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Am I wrong, Leah? Are you sure you're in the bar? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I think that, you know, I, we walked into, it wasn't, was it? Was it <gasps> oh, yeah, it was Murphy's. Oh, wait, was Murphy's the one where we ended up feeding the yeah. waitress six shots? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That was the night that Ash came over. <laughs> yes, that was. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. what, what we're not mentioning is that, this, that while we were feeding the waitress shots, my driver was drinking shots, too. <laughs> oh, yes. No, he was kind of wearing shots at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, then then, then he give you the keys at that point, too? Yes. (laughs) Are we still on air? Yes. Oh, God. So here's what I discovered. We can, every time he drove, we, it, he took I-95 and I-10 or whatever, and it took all this time. And then one morning, his uncle just drove us into town through back roads, and it was like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? You know, it's like, it's like a bicycle ride if <laughs> we did it his way. <laughs> so that was kind of bizarre. But yeah. Did anybody make it out to, the, to Lovecraft's grave this year while you were there? We not did not year. make it to Swamp Point. Yes. Yeah, we did not either. We had we had intended to, and uh, yeah, I just never made it. I gotta walk this guy, so I'm gonna sign off. All right, thanks, All Pete. Right. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy the rest All of right. your evening. The Thank you. Too. See you yeah. to go out. See you now. Right. <laughs> bye bye. There's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> How this goes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one by one, it's like a murder mystery. <laughs> yes. Um, so, how about, so, how about panels? Can I ask? Did anybody catch any panels that they would highly recommend? Um, I, I enjoyed all the ones that I went to. Um, there was one on fabulism, which was interesting. Uh, I think I actually just edited that one today. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, just, um, Pete was on one with Cody Goodfellow about um, uh, writing a non-stale mythos tale. 
and mm -hmm. uh, you know that you know whether or not Cthulhu is overused and you know sort of you know you have plushies and things now so like how much horror is left in it and and that sort of stuff uh the fabulism one was interesting uh peter straub was on that one um which is really the only reason why i went down but <laughs> it turned out to be an enjoyable panel um there were some some of the ones that ash went to i wanted to go to like the poe and the southern gothic and i you know again you just have to make choices to, yeah, yeah you know yeah, yeah. All, all the ones you're naming are ones that i wanted to go to but couldn't make because i was at other stuff i should have brought two recorders i could have gave you the other one <laughs> <laughs> next time yeah did anyone catch the Shirley Jackson one? No. Okay, that's one I wanted to go to. Yeah. Yeah. There's always so many different like, things going on. I felt like this time versus last time. I felt like last time there was a little more schedule in terms of the topics. I felt like this yeah. time, and maybe I'm wrong. I felt like this time was really heavily weighted to writing and like. Um, Thing and 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 I felt last time it was more. You had like some archaeologists there. You had people talking about like psychology. I, I felt like there was a little bit more of a variety of of, of topics. And all of them stuff is stretching to be Lovecraftian. That's very sort of ancillary over on the side. But still, I felt this year was a lot more just kind of writing or like poetry. I don't know what you guys think. Well, did they do the um, the academic panels in, in 2015? I don't remember them being in the book. I thought maybe I that was a new edition. Them, I don't the know Armitage them, Well, that's what I mean. I don't think they call them academic panels. I think it just was generally more anyway. You know what I mean? So they didn't kind of pigeonhole it as academic. But that, maybe I'm that crazy. Could be. Maybe I'm crazy. I, I went to a bunch of um, what... I mean, they were called the Armitage Symposium ones, yeah. the short. Is that what you're talking about with the academics? So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went to a bunch. I went to a bunch in 2013 and 2015 and none this year, and I'm kind of regretting it because I, I really like them. They're often not awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're Wait often very... <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh yeah, it's a mixed bag. So you'll you'll yeah. get one that's that's very much somebody's white paper that they just kind of are reading, or or you'll get a PowerPoint presentation that's kind of terrible but might have been great at a in an academic setting, and then you'll get one that's really animated and interesting and weird and goes in directions you didn't expect. I find those are just so strange that I, I can't stay away from them. Except I did this year, and I promise not to next time. <laughs> now have you done panels in the past like so you were on our on our uh panel this morning uh this morning jesus on yep. <laughs> saturday morning um had had you done panels or have you only done the live shows while you've been there only live shows and the first one was 2015 um i've done panels in other settings but not and uh, uh prize and and it was more so each time I was on two panels and the live show and it kind of, it like oh this is what it's like to be kind of <laughs> you know this this is what it's like to to miss other panels cuz you're on a panel right and you know that's there's there 
So I, you said you've done other panels before. What was your experience with, with this one in particular in, in this setting and, you know, uh, talking about, you know, gaming and, and all that kind of stuff? Was it, do you feel comfortable doing that? I mean, obviously you're, you're very, you know, comfortable in front of the microphone. Was there any sort of trepidation for you to, you know, have something a little bit more uh, not, I don't say not as freeform because it was, I mean, it was, you know, sort of stream of consciousness, but, but different than doing a live show where you're, you know, have a script and, you know, props and all the other stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. For the live show, I sort of feel like the people who are there are probably know us and we can just be ourselves and be goofy. There was, um, well, for both the panels, the, the one that we did with you and the one on uh, favorite scenarios on Sunday morning, which is not an awesome slot. Um, just timing wise, like, yeah. oh God. Um, but, uh, I, a lot of nerves and wanted to prepare a lot. And we, we were told to pick five scenarios to talk about. I picked five and did sort of weeks of, you know, not, not weeks working the whole time, but little notes as I went and, oh, I have another thing to think of. So I had a, probably a monologue of three hours set up. Oh, <laughs> I mean, not by, you know, I didn't mean to, but then we got there and he gave us each one scenario and it's like, well, that, did this hour just end? What, <laughs> what happened? I have all this stuff to talk about. So I overdid it. Um, I was glad I did, you know, it's better than, better than maybe than under doing it, but I felt the responsibility for being on a panel to bring something new. Uh, whereas I don't necessarily feel that way about the podcast. Is that bad? <laughs> Well, no, like you said, I mean, it's different. People that are coming to the live show, you would think kind of know what's happening already. So, I mean, they, like you said, they know you guys, they kind of know the humor and, and all that sort of stuff. So, like, if it if it gets tangential, like, nobody's going to be like, I don't understand what's happening now, you know? Yeah. I feel very responsible to the moderator, too. In In the case of our panel, I felt very much like I was kind of serving you as the uh, to sort of you know bring something to to show up same way with Mike May is the moderator on the felt like you know I want to make him proud I want to you know he invited me <laughs> oh Chad you're super robot you froze up do it oh there you are <laughs> you you're you're like in a, you're like in a bed cell cell area <laughs> Aber yeah, you're you're getting like yeah, super super choppy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're traveling under some bridges, man. <laughs> hey, um, I'm I'm gonna be the second guy to bail because I'm still in my office here, so I gotta get home. But anyway, uh, good seeing everybody. All right, thanks, cool. Brett. Right. Thanks, guys. I'll see you. Yep. We'll catch you later. That's two. All right. <laughs> uh, I forgot the hell I was thinking now. Um, shit. Um, so, so Chad, we, did, I, I was hoping we were going to get to play like some kind of like, you know, after hours game, you know, like set up some kind of RPG that maybe we could, you know, all jump in together. Brett's never played Call of Cthulhu or anything before. Like he, he plays on our fear game. It's the first RPG he's ever played and he's great. He's fantastic. He's so much fun to play with. Um, but yeah, we just, we could never like schedule the time in. Yeah. I found that, I, I don't know if I'm still roboting, but I'm just so going to say it. 
Okay, I found I found that um, when hang out at the game and games, they just come together. Um, so yeah, next time we'll refine. We'll we'll plan ahead. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 have to like set up something beforehand. Like we'll you know, like hey Saturday night at you know whatever time we'll you know try to set something up or whatever. That would be cool. Yeah, especially if, if we could get John, you know, we just get everybody together. We'll just do like 10 people. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll tell you what. This uh, extra life thing is kind of a good way to game with a lot of people. That's true. That's true. Are, did you know? Did you talk to Jessica at all? Are they planning on maybe doing that again next year or, or two years from now? I think Edwin and Sean, who run it, will want to do it again. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we might have to get in on that next time then. I feel like I missed out on that because I didn't I wasn't aware of it. Like I heard something about extra life, but I didn't I didn't really see it promoted in any way and I didn't understand how do you sign up for it and maybe next year. I, I, I was a it was I was a giant jerk and neglected to mention it during the live show, which was the whole idea. Oh, uh, so it's your fault. <laughs> in, in a way, I mean, nobody else really knew about it. We didn't have a news seg announcements didn't go into the schedule, and I I really regret that. But they they raised a lot of money. They weren't short of people. So. Yeah, no, that's cool. Did Did you play any games while you were there, Ash, or no? The one game of Lovecraft Letter we played was the only thing I wound up attending while I was there. I think that's. For for the next Necronomicon, I want to game as much as humanly possible. <laughs> oh yeah. So in other words, four games. <laughs> yeah. So it's that's, like, that, that's all you can do. Yeah, do you, I, have you heard of this Bluebeard's Bride? Yes. Actually, you guys yeah. covered it on the show. I don't remember which episode. I will. I would plug it if I remembered. But <laughs> uh, November last year. Yeah, it, it, it's an intense game about the fractured mind of a single woman who is trapped in a, in a house of horrors, and it's intense, and it was hard, and we shut the door after a while and definitely decided not to record. Um, but I very much enjoyed it in that it was a valuable gameplay experience. and really, It's called a feminine horror game, and it really... Um, sheds light on horrors that aren't usually covered in Call of Cthulhu, for example. Wow. What was that name again? It's called Bluebeard's Bride. It's based on the Apocalypse World engine. Mm -hmm. And I recommend it if you play it with people you know and trust. Mm -hmm. One of those games. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then. I'm assuming you played with, with all guys, so how did that... Yeah. So how did that work? Like, did you guys feel uncomfortable or unsure yes. as to kind of, because yes. obviously we have a different set of perspectives, you know, going in. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I'd like to play it in a, in a mixed gender group later, but what we could get together at the time was an all male group. Actually, there was one woman who didn't want to be the only woman on the group and, and hmm. declined. Um, so there was, you know, going into it, there were sort of gender politics that were interesting. Oh. And 
Well, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I just always find that very disappointing. Um, I, I find that I have had the most fun uh, being the only female in, and I mean, when, when the gender dynamic is skewed, because then you can just take it and run with it to your advantage. Um, I, d like, I don't disagree. <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. disagree. I, yeah, because more women should do that. I found myself, I, I can't believe I'm admitting this on air, but I crashed Worldcon last year, Mid-Americon 2. Um, I ended up crashing it and uh, helped my friend uh, Phil Robinson out when he needed to recruit some more gamers for a panel, not a panel, but a gaming session that he was doing in their gamer room for uh, Call of Cthulhu. It was Lovers Trapped in the Ice or something. And uh, he was running that and we needed more gamers. So I immediately went out and recruited like three other girls. And uh, and so we, we had a good time. We had a good time. Uh, I I think that uh, women should definitely come on, ladies. Don't be shy. You know, well, I, and, and I, do, I I don't disagree with you, but I will say that this game in particular is is really intense and pushes mm -hmm. buttons. And so I I can't really fault anyone, male or female, for for okay. taking the same. Well, I'm not sure. I'm I'm super comfortable here, but. Um, mm. Okay. But I agree, like, it, it's not that it should be that way all the time, like, all male or yeah. all female, that would be disappointing. Yeah. Um, but as far as what you're saying about the the discomfort, it was very uncomfortable going into it. The, the characters that you play are sort of um, stereotypes of femininity, so it's mother and virgin and witch, and those are your character types. And they all have different powers and different abilities. It's so brilliant. The design is just blows me away and what it does, what it became because it was all male. Sorry to go on and on about this, but it was a power. No, play. it's okay. I want um, to hear about it. What, uh, because it was all male, it certainly put a mirror up to our male perception of these old or these these stereotypes and how a woman would do certain things and what's you know there's sexuality in it there's sent you know there's um manipulations in there and into having all sort of channeling what they think which is very illuminating um, and not wrong, just sort of like, oh, that's interesting. We are not women. <laughs> and this is our idea of how this should be played. And you just riffing happened. And I really value that session. Cool. cool. I, I'm glad that it was able to kind of hold a mirror up. And I mean, as, as a female, I can, I can see how... That would seem a little bit uncomfortable, but I would actually find that rather amusing. I, I would, I would love to. I, I would have loved to have been able to watch this occur. You fly so. on the wall. We closed the door right down. Um, 
Mm. We had a couple of friends open the door anyway. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting. Happened, but yeah, it was definitely a, a, a thing we wouldn't want recorded and scrutinized and taken out of context. <laughs> mm. Oh man, that would have been so much fun. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'll play it again if somebody will run it. So, you know. Um, okay. Hey, you know, if if you if you and John and everybody gets together and somehow thing that you're doing online and you need someone to hop it, I'm there. Got it. We'll get all guys to play it and we'll get Lee to GM it. <laughs> yes. That, that would be I think that would be great. Oh that would, no, I, yeah. I Okay, yeah, I'll get you I PDF. I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know that we'll record that one, but. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's got to be recorded. <laughs> no, you know what? The, the recorder, we also decided the recorder would change things. So it would make us sort of self edit and change oh, the no. narrative, you know, oh, instead no. of going deep. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, it's recording. Yeah, <laughs> Well, well, this this isn't really Necronomicon related, but do you find um, when you play, because you guys don't do a lot of actual plays for uh, Miskatonic University podcast, um, but you guys have some. Um, like you guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, that's this is like, this is our shtick. Uh, but do you find yeah. that recording sessions changes the way that people play at the table? Absolutely. No question. In fact, we have talked about that and Murph, who is, um, he's a kind of a gonzo player. He likes to, to push boundaries and whatnot. And he's known for that now, but he has said he's done a couple of really crazy things now famous to our avid listeners where he, you know, sort of disrupted the game as a player. And he has said on Mike, I think that he, he does it because he's performing, you know, he thinks he expect, you know, that the listeners expect something a little more extra entertaining. He wants to throw some curveballs, and we were all like, yeah, man, maybe not, maybe, maybe not throw the curveballs. <laughs> Don't throw Perhaps, those the, the yeah. suitcase off the train. <laughs> Perhaps, exactly. Suitcase off the train. He brought a bomb to a hospital at one point. Uh, yep. I listened to that um, not too long ago. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, and so yeah, poor, poor Dan was trying to figure out how to, like, okay, well, I guess the police show up, and now what the <laughs> hell am I going to do? <laughs> uh, interesting. And, and that, you know, pushes some improvisation buttons, but yeah. definitely different. And I the silly character, a little more theatrical character. Um, things. Did does it do it for you too? I because I've played so many games online is like this is I was on two podcasts prior to this, um, so I've played a ton of games online. I, I think for me at least, I, I don't think it's so much of a consideration. I mean, if if I if I have to edit something mentally that I would say, I probably maybe shouldn't be saying whatever that is anyway. Um, so it, it sort of <laughs> yeah. becomes a non, like I, I play as I 
interview as I as I am in my my own life. Like it's you know, it's funny you know every character you play is a little piece of yourself in some fashion or another. So it's it's you know it's it's all there. Um, so I, I I don't really think about it anymore. Um, it used to freak me out when we would interview people. Just because it's like, oh my god, I don't, I don't know who this person is. Like, even if you do research, you're just like a random person that I invited to come on into my living room and chat about, you know, random. Like, it used to kill me. Now, eh, it's like, it's like nothing. I mean, oh, you know, can hike? Sure, come on, we'll talk to you about whatever. Like, it's just not a big thing anymore. Um, and I think the gaming, at least for me, is kind of gone the same way. Um, I, I feel like for me it's never as good as it should be or maybe as good as it could be like like fan i love fanable uh and they're i guess kind of close to where you are chad they're over in new york um they're phenomenal i mean they're like one of the best podcasts on air and and have been you know, since the inception, I mean, they're fantastic and they're good people. They're, they're friendly, whatever, like we've exchanged messages and you know, whatever. Um, that's what I aspire to, um, to, to be as good as they're, they're solo shot right now. They just wrapped up their first season. It's amazing. It, and it's one-on-one it's GM players, Angela and Billy. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, and, and, the, and the system wouldn't even matter. They're doing edge of the empire, but it's, it, it could be anything. And, and they're just, ugh. It's just, it's just, it's so good. <laughs> so I, I'm not there. That, that's where I want to be. Um, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, do you get a lot of gaming in, Ash? Or no? RPG wise? A, a lot of video gaming. I don't get as much tabletop in as I want to. I did a, I think over the last year, I played a ton of D&D. Mm-hmm. So that was really nice. Um, I can't get too much Call of Cthulhu in the play group I have over here. They're 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 very gonzo. Like, like I'll try and set up something that's like somber, and within five minutes they'll have like killed as many people as they humanly can, and now they're like eating people's bones for fun. So it's hard sure. it's hard to kind of manage that Lovecraftian sensibility. Sure, sure. Oh, we'll have to get you in on some kind of a game. If we can, maybe Jeff can. We'll get somebody to get you in there to get Chad to run a game. <laughs> totally. Yeah, sure. Does. Definitely. Yep. I was yes. hoping that would uh, um, game invitations. I heard you. Yeah. Well, we're losing Leah. The third one now. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Have a good See night, you. everybody. See you later. Thanks good for night. coming on. <laughs> Yeah, Murph, uh, Murph had said something about, you know, trying to jump in on some games. So, I mean, I I would love it. I mean, I love to play. I, we play all the time, you know, to, to be able to play with you guys, you know, collectively, you know, you guys here and, you know, the, the larger group would be, would just be fantastic. I mean, it's just so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to, t- well, we, I am trying to push for testing some weirder, fringier games as well there's one that's an ec comics um awesome. kind of, yeah it's and it looks really great it's it's very light on combat you just sort of declare what you want in a scene and the roll dice it's very narrative and i think it cr- could create some very very cool stuff so that's popping up we played a oh, a 200 word rpg a few weeks ago that 
hasn't aired yet. I want to play some of this weird stuff that we're not getting to in the horror role-playing realm. Yeah, no, that'd, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that sounds fan- That sounds like exactly the kind of stuff I want to be doing. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, well, you've got, you've got three players right here, Chad. Awesome. All right. I, remember I, mean, I will talking. take that seriously. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you, you've got my number. <laughs> Brian was Indeed. talking about uh, this, this like a business card RPG, like a Nano World or something. Yep. Like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I looked it up. I, I had a hard I time. Have it in my wallet. I had a hard time navigating their website. I couldn't figure out how to purchase it. But okay, um, Max has it. That's a. Uh, I think he was selling it while he no. was there. It's not his game, but yeah, it's on a business card, and I've had it in my wallet. Thirteen, I think, <laughs> and I haven't played it yet. <laughs> It. Um, Max ran it out at the gaming room. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Some of those like one page RPGs are just like the best. Like when I, when I tried out for uh, the dragon fisters, I don't remember what the name of the, the game was, but it was literally like one page. And then the other side was like spells and whatever. And we just <laughs> RP the shit out of it. It was so much fun. Um, and it was like, there was, there was nothing to it. And it was like one D six to roll and do all your stuff, but it would it just had so much flavor and character to it. I mean, that's the players, I guess. But, uh, yeah, that, that was a ton of fun. No secret is one of my favorite and it's two pages. I just love it. Mm-hmm. I love crafting. Cthulhu dark too, before the Kickstarter was just, uh, like a page or two as well. I just but, got my printed book for that. Oh, did that ship already? The... Oh, nice. Yep. Just kind of a couple pieces ago, I think. Very cool. Cool. All right. All right. I think I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, we, we should probably uh, get into wrap this thing up here. I think we've yep. probably beaten the dead horse now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, 2017 Necronomicon was awesome. I mean, it was it was great getting to see everybody, uh, you know, to meet Ash in person. You know, we'd... Uh, you know, talked on Twitter and, and, you know, obviously to get to see you guys again and, you know, have Jeff come back in his full glory as a, you know, fully, uh, fully ranked GM and everything. So that's, <laughs> it was really cool. And yeah, it, it's just such a good time and everybody's so into it and the community's really tight. I mean, you have those outliers that, you know, maybe cause some problems prior or, or maybe unintentionally during, but uh, yeah, I mean, you get people are people. So, I mean, you get, you know, you get that kind of stuff, but it's just such a great community to be a part of. And it's just, it's such a good time every two years. I wish they could do it every year because every yeah. two it's like, ah, oh, man, when's the next Necronomicon? <laughs> it, it's hard, but it does make a mandate. Like, Yeah. It, it's one of the right? Oh, you're, I think you're I'm robotic. Robotic. Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to you, John, because you, you put in a lot of work setting all this stuff up and gathering herding cats. and So thanks to you for all your work you're doing, too. No, well, no thanks to me. I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad that you guys, you know, all wanted to be a part of it and, uh, you know, accepted. And, I, you know, I mean, you know, it's not like we're, we're all relatively, well, I mean, at least for Jeff and I knew at this, 
um, you know, so we're just kind of like winging things and flying by the seat of our pants. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, and I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, taking part and, you know, the, the, and you guys moral support coming in and, and checking things out. Cause that, you know, it's try to make everybody's things, you know, I go to the, the, the HP Lovecraft literary podcast, go to their live show, show support, support, and, you know, come to your guys' live show and, you know, just trying to see all the people and do all the things and, um, you know, just kind of, you know, be there for, you know, support all the cool things that everybody's doing. So it's, it's just so much fun. So on that note, I guess we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, Chad's messaging in the thing. I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt your rap. You caught my eye. I was like, what? Oh shit. <laughs> no, that, that's all right. That's all right. So, uh, yeah, so, so thank you guys for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for checking this out. Um, I have links in the show notes. I think there already are. So, you know, check out Into the Darkness. Check out the MU podcast. Uh, I've got Ash's link to his blog over there. So check a lot of stuff out. Brett's music, you know, rate, leave us reviews on iTunes or, or Podchaser, whatever podcatcher you're using. Uh, everybody's shows could use the help. And uh, everybody, you know, appreciates uh, somebody taking a minute just to go out and say, hey, I like it. You know, it's cool. I guess you could say you don't like it, but please leave a reason why <laughs> that way. You know, if there's something specifically that you don't like about something that, you know, we can all make changes and, you know, take that under consideration. But we appreciate everybody checking it out and uh, we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.